Welcome to episode 14 of the Sign Radio Show. In this episode, we talk about the scene's changing relevance over the years. Also, seven episodes in and we still can't get a mic to sound right, so for the first few minutes, Hockey sounds like he's stuffed in a box, but we assure you it was just a recording issue and it got fixed pretty quickly. Hello and welcome to Zion Radio Show number 14. Episode 14 we are at already. I'm Oki. I'm Axel. And I'm Zivoid. And for this episode, I thought maybe it's a cool idea to talk about demo scene as a general concept of the demo scene. What it was and what it is, and how it started and, and how relevant it might still be in uh, the year of our Lord 2021, where <laughs> everything pretty much has changed except that a computer is still a word, I guess. I mean, but everything else might be completely different, or is it not? So I thought that might be interesting to touch on. Yeah, absolutely. Indeed. How did you, I was actually thinking about this yesterday, like how I got into the scene at all. And, and to, I don't know about you guys, but we had a computer club here in, in my hometown, and I back then had a C64, and did see some of the, of course, of the crack shows, mostly about copying games and all that. Uh, but then... At some point, those intros were interesting enough, and people were doing stuff. And then I was, I was getting some floppies that had just those productions on it, and no games anymore. So that's when I started to wonder what that actually is. And uh, I remember that in that club, there was, of course, like I don't know, twenty, thirty people um, at like two evenings per week. You could meet up with, and then you talked about all sorts of platforms and stuff. And that's when I got across the sound tracker. And then from there on, it was pretty much um, self-explanatory because I started doing music and that's how I got into the demos. But I, I actually don't remember if someone you know, came to actually show me demos or if actually I discovered them myself at that point. I don't know how exactly how I got into the whole you know, swapping or sending someone productions or things like that. I don't remember that part how I got in that. How, how was it with you guys? I think, you know, it's an interesting point I think you touch on is where you say, like, you went to a gathering, like, it's a social aspect where people were swapping software, which is, of course, also a very 80s thing that we're not paying for software. We're copying it, and it's cracked, and I see these cracked shows, and what is this? And it's like a kind of symbiosis of using a computer was getting into that kind of world, because it's a kind of similar story for me, is that I had friends that were somewhat active in the demo scene because that's what i wondered then actual um is did did you meet demo sceners there or were it just yeah. actually i was just doing the music for myself and played them on some machines there and then two guys approached me um and there was a they had a group the, the perfects which of course was <laughs> appropriate for the time <laughs> absolutely and body so i thought oh yeah i fit <laughs> no uh um and and that and the brainstorm guys they were actually in the same club and they were working on the mega demo back then and of course it was the big thing they were the big guys and and you know like with an ego of whatever and and that was like the people you were looking up to when you did things like that and uh, and when they saw like the after, like two or three productions from us they asked us to join them and that was basically how it all started but. Um, so the, the, the perfectionists, no, sorry, what the... The perfects, of the course. Per- I'm going to steal that later. Because the perfects was basically then assimilated into Brainstorm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so they, that, they, they already recruited and they took you over. Like, wow. Yeah, that was like, like, no, you're not going to be a wrong review. It might be competition. Might be <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a hostile takeover. No. <laughs> 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 I love that name. But yeah, Zephard, for you, what was the how did how, was that a social aspect as well for you? Uh, partly. I mean, I got my computer, uh, my Commodore sixty four, quite early, like eighty three or something. So quite quickly after it, it was released, um, and just because I've, I've uh, seen some computers, I actually had a um, Sinclair ZX eighty. <clears throat> the little kit that you built together, uh, which I got to um, build and, well, mechanically try to st- get stuff going. And then, um, well, w- once I got the Commodore 64, it was just games, of course. Um, mm. And in school, I found a couple of guys who actually had Commodore 64s as well. So we started trading cassettes because that was... Uh, 
a good, uh, well, easy way to copy stuff. <laughs> the, these dual uh, cassette decks of, uh, of the 80s, uh, mm-hmm. the boom boxes and everything like that. So, I mean, that, that was basically how we started, um, well, spreading stuff, even though this was pre-intros, really. Uh, and, um, and then I bounced into, uh, um, a computer store in Eskilstuna, my old hometown. Um, and I started talking to the, the boy of the house, the son, son, because this was located, uh, a computer store located in the basement of a pri- private home. Uh, so we started talking. I started to hang around that computer store. Uh, that's also where I saw the Amiga first. I was like, oh, they had an Amiga 1000. I was like, oh, yeah, this is just amazing. Uh, and we started looking at at stuff, and, and then we just got started talking. He actually had some friends uh, who were part of the demo scene. It's like, hmm, this is interesting. This is intriguing. What's, what's this? And then we started just uh, fantasizing of how we could, well, do the stuff that people do as well, because he had some demos and, and started, or intros, really. Uh, so we got ourselves uh, our own group, not the perfects, but the Bit Raiders. <laughs> yeah, we also created fantastic. them. <laughs> yes, of course. And I mean, uh, my first nickname because I I didn't know whatever to call myself so was like, okay, hmm, let's find find out something nice here. It's like, yeah, the survivor. That's the best one I've ever heard. Yeah like that not really but uh at least i mean i i went to my first party um in 1987 uh it was in stockholm i mean eskistona is about 100 kilometers into in the country here um so we went by train to to stockholm and happily since um he had a computer store or his dad had we had a couple of original games with us uh, and that actually, I mean, this was the old school party where you have VIP access to the top floor and they had actually a security guard in the staircase saying that, no, if you're not VIP, you're not getting up there. Uh, but since we had a couple of original games that weren't released yet, uh, we could actually trade them so that people got to crack them at the party. Therefore, we got access to the third floor, <laughs> the top floor. <laughs> it's That's like, a great story. Okay, that's that's a good way to go. <laughs> so so I kind of bought myself into the the elite part of the scene already at that point. Uh, we ha- I mean that that party had quite a lot of big groups already in place. Um, and then I all love of a sudden, that. Yeah, you you bartered yourself with goods, and, and that was what it was. It was about those games, and it's that weird concept of you had to crack. That was so entangled with the demo scene still it yeah was, of course yeah. and i mean that that's also uh, the part of it because uh, the same friend uh who i went to that party with uh i actually went on my first flight ever and that was in 1988 so i was a bit a late blue brown i'm well born 71 so um but we went uh, to a party on the summer after uh down in denmark the Odense party uh, Danish Gold and some other groups. And, and at that point, it was a small scout cabin out in the, well, Danish countryside. And the, the organizers had really not kind of planned this because the scout cabin itself possibly could room 20 people. And there were 300 people at the place. So it was complete <laughs> chaos. And the organizers, they were completely drunk and dozed off in a field somewhere. So some people had actually gotten uh, a hold of a seat inside of the scout cabin, uh, while some other people were actually looking for another place to to move the party to. And I went into the scout cabin at some point and started talking to a guy just sitting there doing some coding. I was like, hmm, what are you up to? What are you doing? Well, I'm coding a demo, blah, 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 blah. And then um, he asked, well, so, so who are you then? What, what are you doing? Uh, well, I'm a, sort of a musician. Uh, I'm trying out because I've started using Soundtracker and, and Sonics and an old sort of uh, old uh, oh, sound monitor on the Commodore 64 as well. Uh, so he asked, oh, okay, uh, have you done any cool music or uh, do you want to be part of a group? We need musicians. It's like, okay. And there I became a member of Razor 1911. <laughs> Just <laughs> That's like how that. easy it was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it was like, and then it kind of just rolled on because Razer quickly turned into a quite big cracking and uh, demoing machine. And then I've just been a member ever since. 
I remember I came across your songs in Delicate Sound of was it Delicate Ooh. Sound of Thunder or or uh, Razor? Delicate or Sounds of Razor. Razor, right? Yeah. Um, and that was like, whoa, this sounds so great. And those were like, I remember the first productions being the Crypto Burners music disc with, with Memory Dust on it from Codex and yeah. um, and the Red Sector Mega Demo, of course. And that's basically where I started on the Amiga and like. I, yeah, I was too young to go to parties at that time, actually. So I had to wait a bit more <laughs> la- longer than you did. Me yeah. too. Like in 1987, I was eight. So my parents <laughs> wouldn't let me go to a demo party. Actually, I didn't even know about the demo scene back then. Um, compared to you guys, I'm a new schooler. I only started in the 90s on PC. Hmm. Uh, but I was lucky that there, for the, the town I'm from in the Netherlands, was a very active demo community. For some reason, people had discovered it. And I found it through my cousin. Who had, I was copying games on his, he was older than me and he had a, a, I just got a PC and he had games. And I found a floppy disk that said, uh, VGA Sound Blaster Demonstration written on it. Ooh. So I put that in his computer, like, what is this? And it was Panic by Future Crew. <laughs> um, and I hadn't seen Crack Trolls before and I was kind of like aware and I was like, I saw that was like, I want I don't know what this is, but I want to do it. And I went back to my town and I told my friend, he was like, Oh yeah, there's guys in my high school that are doing this and uh, we're hanging out every then and, I got, and that was, um, the groups active at the time were genuine. Uh, the, the name was genuine. Like the groups were genuine as well, but the name was genuine. This is the teenagers picking names and, um, who later had, there were members in it that later, uh, formed TBL, uh, Netherlands, uh, Jace is from my hometown as well. That crowd, but there were like 20 people doing demo scene stuff. And they were, they would, uh, so for me, it was like when everybody, some, whenever, every time somebody's parents would go on holiday, the house would be invaded by computers and we would just make shit together and, and trade. And everybody had access to certain, we had our own BBS that was close enough and we had stuff. And it was from that moment on, I was just embalmed in it and I just loved it. And it was indeed like, Oh, I have to get a cool nickname. So I started with a terrible nickname as well. I can't even remember my first nickname. No, was no, no. We not, you don't you need to bring it on now. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot say, I forgot it. Well, I, I, I used Menace for a while. And, um, okay. so, but then there is another Menace now who is he's carrying it way better than I did. But I remember <laughs> I had at one point I was Lodgy Dwarf and I was Mad Vegetable. I was going to say insane <laughs> nicknames. Um, and I started with my friend to do demo stuff. And then these guys were already better. So we tried to like impress them and like do cool shit. And, uh, and that's kind of how I rolled in it. And indeed it was like, Oh, I've seen the crack throws and wondering how it was made. And then I got Fog Tracker 2 and I bit myself because that was literally, I'd seen Scream Tracker, but I was like, I don't even understand it. And then Fog Tracker 2 was like, okay, I dedicate myself to figure this out. And it became my weapon of choice. Uh, and then. Joined several groups and left several groups, and uh, but yeah, the rest is history, as they say. Would you say that the driving force was actually to impress other people within the scene, or to do better than games people did? Because I that I thought that it was also motivation to do better than the games did at that point. That because we had the skill set in the demo scene at that point to be better than some of the game stuff out there. I think there was not much else back then. I think it was you were playing games and you were trying to indeed impress over that, and then every home computer could basically you could do that too. It was it felt very entry level if you kind of figured it out. And then impressing your friends in the demo scene. Um, of like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting my name out because indeed there was no internet and there was no, there were, so there was all these gatherings where you all talk, we all talk about like going to parties, going to gatherings because mm-hmm. that's where you got your contacts. That's where you met the people. And I think if, if we compare that to like, if, if a new, if you would be like 12, I don't know how old you were when you joined the demo scene, but say 12 or 13 in 2021 and you have the internet like how would you even have that same experience like so is what what's happening there like is, is how difficult would it be what would it mean now to join a demo scene yeah what it's probably it completely not comparable probably right i mean back then we wrote we sent discs in the mail with um hairspray on stamps that you could erase the stamps in the back like from the post office and all that so and then I remember going home from school in the in the large break in the mornings to see if the mailman brought new discs because I like lived right next to the school so I <laughs> we we ran home and saw if there's any new um, productions and and that's I, I just remember that so well and I think it's comparable it's not really comparable to the um, to the um, possibilities of today but at 
I would imagine that the end, the entry level to the scene or the possibilities to participate in the scene should be easier now than they were back then, right? In a way, yes. But the problem is that, I mean, previously you had sort of a limited platform, either what, what platform you either chose. You could do as much with a platform. Today, you can kindly do whatever with whatever. I mean, they're, they're, that's the biggest issue. I, it's hard to actually get people of today who don't know what the demo scene is to understand why do you want to mm. try to size code something or whatever i mean it's just make a video and put it on youtube mm. i mean and and also today uh, i mean yes you sought kind of the uh, fame in your local areas before because that was basically the reach you had uh, you could get to know people through other people but today you know everyone from kuala lumpur straight away if you want to uh, mm. For instance, so uh, that's a big difference. I think it was also a bit of a superstar th- thing. I guess it was your local heroes, and then you went to a demo party. It's actually because you know, like, oh, those guys are going to be there, and maybe I can give them my floppy with my track, and maybe I can be a part of their group or could do something for them. And I think it's that indeed you're right that reach now is like everything was as all the our 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 stories are so specific circumstances to make that specific thing happen and where you say no because i think that whole thing of the internet i mean that's happening for nearly 20 years people are like why wouldn't you make a video yeah and we still prevailed somewhat with new with the people coming to the demo scene for certain things and i think now i think what's the appeal of the demos the demo scene as a scene right now is like very i feel it's very split between the old school part of people that were doing it for a long time like us as well that have just fell in love with it and are still doing it and are still finding our time to make stuff maybe even on those old computers and then the new scene is more feels like it's more size coding based where the demo as a concept indeed when demos also got bigger because everything got so much more powerful why wouldn't you make a video why would you do it real time yeah and then size coding is that aspect of like Oh, you make it really small, but even that in this day and age feels a bit contrived. It's like, yeah, but space, nobody cares about size or space. Everything is streaming now. So what is the appeal? Like, if we make the news and did this on Flashdot, it's like, oh, look at, like, um, I think it happened to Conspiracy after this year's revision. Mm. 64K got picked up by, like, Slashdot. It's like, oh, look at this fantastic movie. It's only in 64 kilobytes. Like, it will always be that aspect of it. Like, if there's a great demo or something else. <laughs> yeah, but the average person probably cannot grasp what that actually means. Because I was once trying to explain what a 4K is, like with the, that comparison with the Windows icon that takes 4K when you click on it, and, and you get the three-minute production you know, coming out of 4K as well. Like, yeah, but that's a, that's a movie, right? And how can that movie be for... It, it's not really... They cannot grasp how a programmed algorithm can last for uh, three minutes or something because <laughs> that's just something that people with who have an audiovisual aspect that they're seeing automatically think it's a movie. Maybe there's a disconnect in, in that people, like, what, yeah, what is there for the demo scene that it's all like, it looks like a creative scene for which there are so many and I don't get the appeal of it, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's just the visual appeal of a production that counts these days instead of the how hard it is to create. Yeah, it's quite hard to actually um, move yourself about uh, away from this position as well. Because I mean, looking at it, I've basically been in the demo scene since '86. Uh, that's quite a while. Even though I had uh, a sort of a break from the scene when when I got kids in the '90s, and I mean, got back in the early 2000s again even though I, I kept an eye on it i wasn't really active uh, but but it's still hard to actually picture myself in in the minds of others uh, because you're so into it anyway uh, and that's the hardest part and i mean it was fun back in those days when uh, when you tried to get to know new people or get your name out as i said you had very limited reach uh, apart from letters or the copy parties, as they were called at that point. Uh, but, I mean, in, in Eskisuna, I got myself sort of a reputation amongst the people who knew what, well, copy parties and demo scene or whatever was because of the fact that, that I kind of made music. Um, I even created this sort of a hacked version of one of the soundtrackers <clears throat> where I 
patched it. And this is um, a side story, but it's a quite fun one anyway, because I, I made myself my own sort of soundtrack a disc uh, where I went in binary, changed uh, soundtrack it to, to be able to load samples from the same source as the original song files, not mods, because there was pre-mod even uh, so it was just the uh, the song files with had samples loaded <laughs> it and uh, Damn you're like, old. <laughs> yeah i know i know uh, but but i also changed uh, there was uh, the particular soundtracker had a scroller in it which was so annoying but i changed the scroller to to actually just scroll john c i think i uh, ended it to uh, and then i well i made some um, music and put on that disc and some people copied that disc and then it kept on being copied back and forth and at one point i was at at a local computer store, talking to um, um, uh, to to a friend there and uh, who worked there, and and then I started talking to another guy inside the computer store. We started discussing stuff and started like, yeah, I'm making some music, and he said, yeah, me too. I've I've actually made a track now, uh, working on one that's uh, it's, it's called Nice, but it's just uh, do you want to hang out and, and listen to it and stuff like that? So, yeah, sure, I'll I'll tag along. So I tagged along to his place, and uh, we started talking more and more about uh, the demo scene. He knew about some of the household names uh, around and in the game industry as well. Like Dice was on 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 a way up um, with silence and stuff. But then um, he started playing the track. It was like, yeah, like you know, I made this track. It's like, no, 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 no. I I, I made it. I must have heard it somewhere. Well. You're playing it from a soundtracker that has my name scrolling in it. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay, so kind of busted. Uh, do you like tea? I know a friend, uh, a girl on the other yard here. She she has huge tea bowls. I'm like, okay, yeah, let's go have tea. And then uh, I went on and met that other girl. Uh, got to know her a bit more. Um, and got together with her. Um, so she became my girlfriend and later on my wife and the mother of two of my children. And then <laughs> the years after, when I was playing some music uh, on the Amigos, like, oh, yeah, he did that track. I was like, no, this is banana <laughs> echoing. It's like, yeah. So he had kind of taken credit for a lot of things. And it all started out from this little music disc that I actually just spread out amongst friends and uh, kind of got local celebrity. I even got my first paid job as a musician for that one because I was working at the um, a, a computer store, the, the, the store that I uh, got to know the guy that I went to the first party with. Um, <laughs> I was working there, and, and then all of a sudden, an old man, an oldish man, at that point, he was probably 40, so he was really, really old <laughs> at that point. He came up and was like, yeah, I've heard that you you make music. It's like, yeah, we would like to um, to pay you to make some uh, Christmas music uh, because we've heard this thing about computers. It's fun. So uh, he he came from uh, Lions, the elderly kind of uh, well gentlemen's club sort of thing, mm -hmm. and they actually put an Amiga on the Christmas market in in my old hometown, playing my old like Jingle Bells and Silent <laughs> Night on on um, on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I actually got a hundred Maxell discs from that one. That was my first paying gig at that point. So I was like, yay. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> this is funny. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's a different story now. I mean, nowadays, anyone can probably reach anyone about this. But th at that point in time, it was like, yeah. Um, I mean, the, the word of mouth really works because I had no clue of who that guy was. Probably... He'd known my name from one of his kids or something like that who had copied stuff and blah, diddy, blah, diddy, blah. So, so where's mm. word of mouth? Today, it's a lot easier to reach out to anyone. Yeah, and it's also that you have a lot more material around that you can use. I mean, royalty-free music, you can use hundreds of songs, so they would probably not approach you to, to do something specific for that, right? Because it's such an overflow of content in every area, like... You yeah. can buy stock footage, video, photos, whatever, for nearly nothing. Mm. And why do something specific for like a market, <laughs> a flea market or a Christmas market or something like that? Yeah. And it also that came from the demo scene is where indeed the uh, now you, you said like people offer their products outside of a scene. Like there's their forums where producers sell their beats to, to, to rappers to for like, 
50, but it was like a Dutch producer that made the beat for Old Town Road for Lil Nas X, and he sold it to him for 50 euro. Mm. And then it became a huge hit. And so, but that's all like the internet, like people find each other way easier, but indeed there's way more. And these, these stories are so specific about like, you came from a demo scene into the real world. Yeah. And I think the real world is now, so it's the demo scene, like, because it was so, as we said, connected to that, like upstaging games, um, cracking games, being in, like, it all came back to the demo scene. It was the only active scene on, on the computer. If you did something on a computer, you'd end up somehow in the demo scene. If you did something creative with a computer. So is there an appeal? Like, what is, what is the, the relevance in, in 2021 when you go like, ah, this is specifically for the demo scene. This is something because, or is it indeed just us being nostalgic and still making a lot of retro stuff, which, which always has their merit, but also maybe just nostalgia merit of like, I remember the good old days because I really do. And I love them. Like, I love these stories, but how much will that prevail? Like, is that for somebody that comes in in 2021 goes like, I have a thing that is for here. I don't know. I mean, they, they, people are trying to reach everyone at all points today. I mean, that's why people are doing all sorts of live streaming on Twitch. And, and I think that, uh, that also kind of opens up to not only being in the demo scene and, and you're not, uh, I mean, it's, we, we see that the, um, uh, well, the, the, the amount of new faces we get in the demo scene gets less every year. Uh, I mean, there are quite a lot of people connected. Of course, we had a bunch of uh, viewers on, on revision last well, last time, for instance. Like, where do all, all they come from? Are they only inside of the scene already, or are they just there by proxy because they find it on the Twitch page or whatever? But I mean, um, it, it's. Uh, I think it's it's hard to actually explain the. Uh, um, the appeal of just bringing, as you say, have it in, in sort of a specific circle uh, to someone who has not been part of it. It's, I'm, I'm not really know, know where I'm going with this, but I think it's hard to actually get people to feel like, hey, I need to do stuff for this particular little scene instead of just... Uh, maybe because the demo scene is so close-knit with a bunch of old hats like us. Because <laughs> I have the feeling that I've seen a lot of people come and go like, oh, this is very tight knit and they already are super recognized. And, 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 and I don't know if this is for me. And then they might sag out as well. Like it's, it's, but it's, it's an interesting thing of like, yeah, is there a certain like quality level that's really hard now because quality of projects, like game projects are huge. Mm -hmm. So that is not even, I'm always so incredibly impressed by a cocoon because they hit an asset level. Uh, of assets of of like this is this is pretty good in like standards of just a, you guys making this at home like it's <laughs> it's 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 the bar is incredibly high so you go to these other things of like retro and size coding and live coding and do you think like there was a certain point when the the games industry was overtaking basically also skill wise that you could not keep up with it anymore was that a point where graphics cards came in or when it was like different setups of PCs and all that, or why it wasn't a, a closed box like a C64 or an Amiga? Yeah, I think the consoles probably, it was like in the beginning, lots of game studios come from demo scene and there's still a lot of recognition within the game industry, like John Carmack and Tim Sweeney and everybody always shouts out the demo scene for doing insane shit that inspires them. Um, and they should all come to revision yeah. or a demo party, <laughs> not necessarily revision, any demo party, just show up, be fun, uh, we'll buy you a drink. Um, and I think it was like, you needed less people to make video games and then it got more complex. And I think indeed with like acceleration, graphics acceleration, and then teams got bigger and bigger and you needed more people. And then it was just like, you couldn't get to that quality level without having a hundred people working a video game. And although, and then now you see that change with indies where there is a lot of engines available that people can make something really cool in unity or unreal. Uh, and, and that gets like the double A, but even a demo scene, if you do your own engine, getting to that level is very hard. And of course, they got way more money pushed into video games in since the mid nineties to two thousands because it became a huge thing, mm -hmm. especially with the success of the PlayStation and then consoles exploded again. So yeah, I think all these things will help. I remember because it was really funny when the Game Boy Advance came out, it really got back to that. Like there were tons of video games produced by demo scenes on the Game Boy Advance because you could do that with five people. It was just like developing for an Amiga. Mm -hmm. 
So there were tons of game studios that came from like old Amiga and old PC studios doing something with like five guys to quickly like, oh, let's make for this console. It's basically a portable Amiga. <laughs> right. And the GBA is still awesome for that. Like it's an awesome platform to develop for. So yeah, I think that is definitely would have helped, but it's also like we had like the 3D artists that we touched on as well. We had the 3D competition revision, which only had a few entries this year. Like, where did they all go? Did they all find another output? Is it, it's the, yeah, so it's, it's maybe a discussion for another episode, mm. but again, <laughs> we go there for what is, what is it in the demo scene that always gives these kind of waves and gives these kind of, has this kind of form. And, and what does it portray now? And I mm. think, I think we don't, I also don't really have a point, but it's just more than this, this, this process of thinking like, what are we doing? And there's a lot of discussions now about the demo scene and what a demo should be. And, and for an outsider, what would actually be that merit of like, oh yeah, if I did that, then I feel good about it. I have my name out. I think that might be a thing. I think people still look up to big name demo sceners. Like back in the days, we had, there was a, you had a career opportunity when you were in the scene to form, I don't know, some form studios, others joint uh, developers. Would you say it still is an entry? possibility to get into the games industry or how do you guys who work in game development at some point um you know how do you see this is it still a possibility to enter the games industry through the scene or being in games for a long time it's really funny that like it definitely was it definitely was like you had a certain skill set you had a certain experience especially it was also about team management because a lot of demo groups and it was like people working together like oh you know how to run a small project and it did, like, as a bunch of teenagers trying to get a demo done, like, you could all do something, and we all figured out that wasn't the way to go. And we talked about this before, that there were actually demo groups that had producers or directors in their group to actually tie things together. But I think now, if I see the people coming in, there are so many other creative outlets, and people have made games, have done game jams, have... Um, so that is usually what you see now, and I think it's a demo scene specifically, like, I guess for programmers, but even there... The whole shift towards game engines and a different approach to programming for video games as well. And is it really necessary to to know like low level assembly? Mm. No, not really. Like it's we're getting to the point that even like C plus knowledge is like it's good to have, but still really important for people that have their own custom stuff. But in the end, you'll get far enough. Like if you don't have super deep C plus knowledge, well, back in the day, it was even unheard of. So. For that, it also changed. And I think that is something that is also for the demo scene, a big thing of like, it, it no longer, we do a certain thing that was really important back in the day. And now it's really cool, but it lost kind of the, that extra thing that was nice. And I don't think that ever, no one ever expected it either. And nobody went into the demo scene to make video games as an end goal. <laughs> That's literally not true. I know people that did that. <laughs> so I'll take that back. And I mean, it also completely depends on what, I mean, what you're after, what you, what you've done as well, and, and the situation you're looking in. I have actually had one job interview uh, in which I got the, it was a consultant uh, gig a bunch of years ago. I actually got that job because of having a Commodore 64 demo scene background, because that guy who interviewed me at the time, he was always a fan, a fanboy, but not particularly in the demo scene. So the, that's the only way you nowadays can basically have that. Unless you have some sort of uh, high, I must say, high-end um, skill skill set, like graphics programmer or whatever. I mean, that's that's easy to connect to. As, as we discussed before, people today really don't understand the appeal of size coding or limiting yourself to three voices in the music or stuff like that. Let's say you're a video effects artist, and then you can actually say show how you've done processing on some big PC productions. It's a lot easier to actually connect to that when you're trying to get hired by a, a video graphics company or a game company or whatever that has no scene relevance. It, it all depends on the position you're looking into. I, I've never felt it, it has hurt my CV to have some demo scene stuff. I think that on LinkedIn, I even state that I'm... Uh, 
uh, overall demo senior and um, so you're the head of the demo scene yeah like, <laughs> head of the demo scene <laughs> not, really. The demo scene. <laughs> not really but a senior uh demo senior and uh by by night and developer by day or something like that so right yeah because i think i think it's it's you're right like there's certain aspects that's why i always get like when I would talk to graphics engineers at any game studio, they always know about side scrolling. They always know about demo scene. They keep up with that because that is the group of people that really enjoy it. And graphics programming is definitely a niche yeah. in that scene of programming anyway. And it's always hard to find good graphics programmers because it's a, you have to have a specific knack for that. Mm-hmm. And programming, and that's why programming got such a big thing. And I think that is like, I still think it's like it's super relevant. People that are working and making awesome stuff and. For the demo scene, I always felt like maybe the demo scene also kind of pushed certain collaborations away with when the world was growing to like, oh, let's also, I think now with the, with the live coding, we actually are doing it, but back in the day when Machinima came up, the demo scene was very clear, like, these are our rules and those are yours, and we don't want to muck with those. And Actually, I always hoped that the Machinima genre would help the demo scene, actually, to, to have that, because it's a similar skill set to some extent, or like telling a story to to some point um like some demos do i mean it there would be a possibility to to have more intertwining parts, yeah, i think right? it's more now with the engines it was, but it was the early day of like using game engines for something else and the demo scene was very much about making everything yourself like making your own cool shit mm-hmm. and i think that was because i always enjoyed like machinima was awesome but it felt like i think there was always this, this very close-knit group of demo scenes like no that's not not what we do Mm. Even though if you go to a demo party, there's a million compos with all kinds of stuff that that's not what we do. Like so, it, like we do retro stuff on weird computers, and but it has to be that real time aspect. But sometimes we do something that's just weird on a little computer, and we still think it's really cool. And I think it's it's just kind of like maybe retro kind of a misnomer of like what we feel it should be instead of like embracing what it could be. But then again, why should we? <laughs> Very poetic there as well. But that's, I think. Because we're talking about those 4,000 viewers for revision, like, why are they viewing? Indeed, as we said, like, are these people that love demos? Are they love the, the, the visuals? Do they get the, the art aspect? Do they get the hacker aspect, the code aspect? It's still 4,000 people that are, are they all demo seniors from all over the world that come together? I mean, that's a hard one, uh, to be honest. Uh, I think, as I said, it's, um, um, it's easier to well, convey someone to, to, hey, this is cool, if you have a visual aspect to it all, to be honest. I mean, it's it's harder to explain to someone what hard coding is behind this or yeah. why is the uh, the, the soundtrack sp- uh, particularly interesting. It's just using a DAW and blah, blah, blah and stuff like that. I mean, it's a lot harder. It's, it's more instant when, when it comes to visual things, especially on a video stream. That's just <laughs> that's helping. Well, you just jump in. You know, exactly. This is a quad show. Yeah. And there's a lot of VJs and I think it's that certain visuals you only can get by real-time coding. I yeah. still think like still make a bunch of encoding crushing Real-time demo showing that this is why you need real-time. Like, this is 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 too finicky to be a, a compressed video. And it's like, it, it brings the eye, but does it, like, for, for the demo scene, is demo making still the most important thing? Is, like, making productions? Or is it less and less being the focus, and is the focus more and more the creative aspect of it and doing things together? And I think the social aspect is quite big still, amongst us uh, especially. Uh, I think that's... Uh, that's- Mostly, what driving, uh, what's driving me to be involved anyway? Because I, I mean, I've gotten to know so many people uh, throughout the years. Even though I, I like to create, I rarely do creation as much as I want to. So, so it's it's always that desire of wanting to create. Uh, but other than that, I mean, for me, it's the social aspect, and I think that's hard when you're coming from the outside, uh, sort of any new situation you are. It's like. Because, okay, so these guys seems to be a very close-knit group of people. How do I break into that naturally? Yeah, it's that. It's the, it's the openness which we have versus what can we do. Yeah. And then also people that actually make the effort to create something because it's a bunch of old demos. Actually, we see like at Revision Online this year, we saw so many old groups coming back because there was nothing else to do last year. <laughs> But I think that's also an aspect of it. Like, it's the people that did it before and now have time again. But then new people that come and realize, like, oh, I actually have to get a group together. I have to make stuff together. And maybe they lose interest. Maybe it's just like, ah, I might as well just make a video. Or I might as well just do smaller things, which we then not, in a demo scene, really 
have an outlet for yeah. not yet maybe 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 we're getting there with like the life coding is a certain outlet that we have it's a different take to back in the day the demo scene was very much production focused i guess you have a lot of silent observers of the scene uh, who don't dare to actually create something i guess there's a lot of people in that area the threshold is also really high mm. yeah yeah, and also when when talking to people um, who says, I mean, if you bump into someone on Twitch or whatever, IRC just stumbles upon the demo scenes, like, uh, yeah, I've been following this for a while, but uh, and I'd like to go to a party, but but I don't have anything to show for when when going to a party. Yeah. I mean, uh, there, are, there are some misconceptions about the fact that you can't go to a party unless you participate. Uh, yeah. I mean, that sense can be a hurdle to actually get over to, to go to a party, for instance. Do you think that was easier back in the day when we went to parties? Because that was the same hurdle, like we, but then there was nothing else to do yeah. for us. Yeah, I think so. There was no YouTube to distract us. So we just <laughs> fought for our songs. I guess because an interesting point you make is like, because I, I saw a lot of people that we then, and it, it helps, like we have channels where people now can reach us. I go like, oh, I actually want to go to this party, but I'm a bit worried. And then people go, oh, don't worry about it. Like, come and we'll find you and we'll make sure that, that everything is okay and we're friendly. But indeed, the initial reaction, a lot can be like it's intimidating. Mm. Even though the demo scene themselves, like the old hats in the demo scene, think that, oh, no, we're super friendly, right? And, and yeah, you are, but it's still like you go to the place where you don't know anybody. Yeah, yeah we heard it in the other interview, right? So the the, uh, the interview made um, regarding the entry level is probably, it's not as easy as we probably thought yeah. it would be, right? And that people really don't mind if you don't bring anything or you bring anything small. We're just happy that you made something. Like I, that was my experience at X because mm. I was intimidated for X making a C64 demo. Mm -hmm. And that was just the C64 scene being so happy that somebody else finally made something, <laughs> even when it was absolutely terrible what we made. But it was just like, Oh my God, there's new people that did something. <laughs> and I guess that is what maybe people also understand when you see a stream on Twitch and it just looks really impressive and you, a lot of inside jokes and. Looks like a very tight knit community. Like we are a bit of a, are we a bit of a novelty there of like, oh, what is this weird hacker scene that seems to be mostly in Germany? Cause that's also what people always think. Mm -hmm. Cause that gets the most exposure, which I guess is where the bigger parties are. So that's fine. But it's also just like, uh, does that make a hurdle that we actually, that's not actually there. We don't want there. We just want everybody to like, oh no, definitely come over. It's going to be awesome. You can be, uh, you can hang out. And actually uh, one aspect that has become better at demo parties these days. Uh, to allow new people to compete is the fact that, I mean, photo competitions, anyone can take a photo these days anyway. Yeah. For instance, that's that's an easy hurdle to get into. Or all these real-time fast compos as well, like graphics drawing from nothing or just... Right. So it actually gave people that didn't dare, actually, oh, I can, I've been an hour, everybody has at the same time. Yeah. And then... And then Oni makes something. <laughs> and, uh, and, or not, it's actually, it's not just Oni. We had like lots of like Rulikan or, or, um, Matt or somebody. But, but I think it still, that gives people like a, a, a lower bar. And I think that's really important. Like, and I don't, and again, for people listening, we don't want to change the demo scene. This is more just speculating about like, what is our relevance? What are we doing now? And what changed from back in the day? And I think it's very clear that we have that aspect of computer clubs an aspect of meeting people and they were like giving you floppy disk but you should check this out this is cool and it was kind of like hackers the movie yeah for everybody that's young listening to this the demo scene in the 90s is literally hackers the movie it's like everything you see there <laughs> except we dressed it like that it's exactly true <laughs> and i think there is because everything is online everything is a marketplace everything is Maybe bloated. Maybe as Axel was saying, like there's stock music, there's people just pushing so much content out. It's like you get tired of it, maybe. Or yeah, and I also think it's a difference if you need to show up face to face at an event for a competition or something, or like instead of participating remotely and uh, the whole internet thing being like very anonymous and, and you can be basically anyone doing anything. Uh, I think maybe it takes a bit more courage to show up at some place <laughs> because I was, I remember being horribly scared at, when I was participating in the first music competition at a party that where I ever was. And, uh, and I just remember really like people are not going to like it. They're going to laugh at me or whatever. And, and that is something that is probably easier to participate in a remote compo at a party and, and all that. But 
Yeah. That's a really good point because I still am 27 years of the demo scene. If I am a compo, I'm nervous. I won't get played and people hate it. I am. <laughs> it's also because my music is shit, but, um, novelty. Let's call it novelty. But, um, no, but I absolutely, I hear. And I think maybe that's a really big point of that's a big online communities that people that are in these communities branching with the demo scene, but they're all online. They're going to go, oh, I have to go to an actual party. That's kind of scary. And everybody already knows each other there. And. So yeah, that's for everybody listening to this, uh, thinking like, I, that's me, then join the demo scene discord, be on the Facebook groups, reach out. People are absolutely loving. I think I speak now for most of the demo scene, maybe not everybody, but I guess most people would really enjoy seeing new faces and seeing new productions from new faces. And if that is holding you back, then, then we'll, we yeah, we'll try to help because yeah, I think that's absolutely. The thing that feels like a huge threshold for certain people, like oh my god, all these all these people that already know each other. Yeah, and I guess once you're there, you, in the second year, you're already having nostalgia is already kicking that you want to have it like last year. So, and we're still in that loop, right? <laughs> it's uh, when you have somebody that oh, I met you guys last year. Let's meet up again. And I've I've heard some of these stories from like uh, our Pan American Pan American Pan American. And then we've seen friends that come over and it's more and more. We usually had like one American and then now there's actually a bunch of Americans and Canadians coming over to revision and it's getting more and more. So that's also because of the internet they're coming and it's easier to travel. But yeah, it is, there's a certain threshold. And I think sometimes maybe then we've seen kind of underestimates that of like, how oh, about we have a newbie table, right? It's all fine. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's friendly. It's like, yeah, we are, but it's also. Imagine going to a party where you don't know anybody. And then I will say everybody in the demo scene is probably a little bit socially aware. It's like the, the drinking came up in Ziphoid's story. It was a big mm. part of it is like always a little bit easier to gel it up. And mm. you can also maybe feel that that's not like, oh, maybe that's not my scene. I don't know. But I mean, uh, looking at that point, uh, someone who has not been to a party also needs to understand that it is not only drinking during these no. parties. I mean, exactly. I... I don't drink at all. Uh, I've never done so. And I had no problems at parties in that sense, in that aspect. I mean, it, you each go to your own way if you want to. Yeah. Uh, and you can, absolutely. Yeah, and there's can. nobody there is in that aspect of pressure. There is, But I remember that I kept forgetting and kept offering Zephoid beer. And he would always say, oh, okay, I don't drink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I think that was like five <laughs> times or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, but that health happens a lot. Now, now we're the same, Ziffo. Yeah. Now we both won't drink at a demo party, yes. so that will be interesting. <laughs> no. um, so, you know, and I think that's also changing a little bit in a demo scene getting older is there's more and more people actually less on that aspect and more on the just mm. hanging out and meeting old friends. And that can also feel intimidating. So I think that's yeah. a really like, yeah, it's, it's, we're setting, uh, we're setting ourselves up for failure is maybe a bit harsh to say, but it's indeed, it's that like for a new person, it, it feels intimidating. And that is our question of like, what is the future of the demo scene? I think, I think retro will always be there and I love it for it. Again, people, I've, I've, I might sometimes be a bit like, Oh, your old computers are dumb. <laughs> um, but I love it. And I think that's absolutely a thing that keeps the demo scene alive. But for new computers, I, I really hope that we'll keep also finding ways to make interesting things that are demo scene specific on hardware that gets better and better. And I mean, looking at uh, at the demo scene today, as it's also being used in, in some aspect uh, by people uh, or professionals in any kind of industry, there, it's sort of a, a creative outlet uh, away from work at times as well. I yeah. mean, uh, looking at the gaming industry, I mean, I haven't worked in that industry for like 15 years ago or something, but I still know a lot of uh, seniors who work on game companies and they feel like, hey, it's so awesome to just, well, do kind of what I do at work, but not anyway, because I'm not in under those restrictions any longer, but I can just feel that, hey, this is a creative outlet for me. I think a lot of people are seeing it like that as well. Uh, and maybe that, and yeah. that's okay. I mean, absolutely. I think we're not here trying to define the relevance of the demo scene. I think what is even relevance like yeah. in that, but it's an interesting thing to talk about. Indeed, I should say, like, I, I love people that work in games and make stuff on Amiga when they get home because it's doing the thing I love, but on, on, a, on a thing I love back in the day and why those retro scenes probably are going still so strong. And, and I actually have been really enjoying because as I said, like, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm a PC senior, so I'm a new kid. I only joined the demo scene in 1994. Damn, that's when I left, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> a long time ago, it was like 2094. But um, 
Oh, no, when I'm seeing, when I'm seeing stuff now, I see stuff being released now by, by older Amiga people again. That is really interesting. And it's not necessarily nostalgia pandering. Like, oh, remember the eighties? They were great. Cause that's something that I'm a bit weird off. <laughs> God, it's the eighties. And people just making cool stuff on their Amigas again, just because indeed they just come, it's been a shit year and let's make something cool together. And. Which is what I'm personally, I, I really enjoy seeing. And I think it's absolutely, maybe that is some of the relevance that we have is that we'll keep that alive for a long time. It's cool. And there are still people who go like, oh shit, I didn't even know an Amiga could do that. And now we get to the point where people are like, I didn't even know what an Amiga is. Yeah. Mm. And people working uh, in our company that are too young to know what an Amiga <laughs> is. And they also don't know who the A-team are. So yeah, we're getting to that point. <laughs> it's not it's literally... So I think what is relevance for the demo scene? It's part archiving, but I hope it's not only archiving because there's so much cool stuff that is happening within, within size coding, within finding boundaries in the demo scene as a context. Like our whole interview with Nobi was about that whole, like finding your story in those constraints and, but also in those rules i guess but they also aren't rules because the demo scene doesn't have rules and that's also the thing there is no head of even if zifford really wants to be the ceo of the demo scene <laughs> there isn't one and that is also where we have these discussions over and over where people think a demo should be and i always love that always it comes out of it like it's whatever you want it to be and you can like it or not like it and it's all fine it's <laughs> all fine as long as you make something you made a demo where that's for me that's my thing if you made a demo i'm happy and i might not like it but it's fine and if you like it then it's awesome and and make something that you do and it can be anything and that it may be yeah and i get kind of like philosophically blabbering now but that's always where i go with this because for me it's also been 27 years in this scene and with those stories of like i went to the computer club and my friend gave me a floppy and it's like oh god that's so specific of that time frame and it's 2021 now Mm. And we're like, what is now still, it's, it's amazing. It's still here. And, and I'm happy and I will, I hope it's, I hope it will stay around and, and indeed what we expect it to be here in the future. So I think personally, I expect it to be part archiving and all computers staying alive because of a demo scene combining with other like retro YouTubers and those kind of things that it's kind of like, we'll make a strong point and. And I expect it to be a more live, but the social aspect being bigger. I think that will be like productions will still be really important, but also participating at a party will be really important. And maybe productions will be less because people don't have, you know, people don't have time anymore, which is nonsense. But I guess that will be because the world is so fast and so big and so saturated. It is great. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's probably going to be more time between productions. Like if a group assembles to go to a party to do something again after X years, um, you're going to probably not do it that often anymore. But you, if I think if you produce something, then you want to go to a party and present it there because I think that aspect for those groups doing something is still the key aspect of of showing it because they also want to see the cheering. <laughs> if it's something yeah, good, the social aspect. Yeah, I think yeah. that part. Um, is still the most important when you when you when you produce something. We didn't even touch on that really. The competition aspect is a huge part of the demo scene. It's that kind of it's semi narcissistic, semi, but also in the demo scene, very much showing stuff to your friends vibe, and that's why watching competitions at demo parties is awesome. And that is unprecedented anywhere else. I think it's that vibe of being together with your friends and then looking at each other's stuff and then. Don't even give any, don't even give it a fuck who win. But this is awesome to be there. Like, yeah, so absolutely. And Zephoid, what do you think for the, the explanation of our relevancy and the demo scene in general? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's basically what you guys said. Uh, I think the social aspect is, is really important and will be, uh, continue to be important. But the problem, the biggest problem I see is the sort of, uh, um, head counts that we have because people are getting older. I mean, I turn 50 in two days, and, and Axel, you turn 46 tomorrow. 46 tomorrow. Yeah, uh, at the time of recording, though. Uh, but still very young people, still very young. <laughs> no, but but the problem is that we, we don't get any fresh blood in, in that sense. Into and, and I think that people will, um, 
fail to see the importance of actually getting yourself to a party as well. I mean, that this is something that we've been trying hard to to explain to people at home. For, uh, I mean, from a scene set point of view, I mean, the reason why we started scene set in that aspect is to make people being able to participate from home, even though mm-hmm. they can't go to a party. Uh, but we've also always tried to encourage people to go to a party because the experience is awesome. Uh, and once you get into it, you want to do it again and again and again. And that part is still, I mean, <laughs> to lower the threshold of actually getting to a party uh, is not an easy task, especially yeah, not, I think, yeah. yeah, I think that's, and that's what we talked about is like, mm-hmm. as you said, like, I think it's mindful for the people that we said, like, you should just come, but also mindful for the demo scene that now is like, realize that it can be really intimidating. Yeah. And, and and it's easy to say, like, ah, you should just come over because you already know everybody there, but <laughs> other people might not. And it's like, you said, like, oh, you should really come see this life. And we're like, I have trouble enough, like, <laughs> uh, communicating with my friends. And because certain aspects might be a problem there, and then it's, like, really a big step. So I think really a mindful attitude there towards new people and that's more than just a newbie table at um at revision because it also kind of backfires because everybody all the newbies are then there yeah <laughs> and be left alone so it's also so that's yeah indeed i really like touching on that of like yeah that is it's a bigger deal than sometimes we might think for people so Sifat, you need to make a reception desk and you need to <laughs> assemble all the newbies and introduce them to others and then once you get them hooked up yeah that, that, uh, we usually was like we usually push them to people like here's truck and he knows everybody or here is these people <laughs> and they can and we do these like we do there's a newbie table and there's a newbie uh there's some some we talked about having mentors for people yeah. that are kind of like helping you out but it's also that's still like because everybody's doing their thing like it's easy sat like oh we have to set up and then actually doing that actually walking up to a group of people that mm. are clearly with their in jokes having a discussion outside at the bonfire coming in like hello i'm dave and this is my first revision is terrifying even though the reaction will be awesome welcome have a drink like it is, mm. it is really difficult i can imagine that being really difficult because it feels so incredibly tight-knit so i think indeed for Ziffoid, next time on scenes that we'll say come to a demo party and then uh, uh, we'll try to also not not look too intimidating but feel absolutely free to ask at least okay because always come to me yeah if everybody can also come to me if i'm there i'll uh i'll be your point of contact and i mean um people could definitely always come to me as well but i'm always behind the mic at parties anyway so i'm not that easy to get hold of and i find myself not being able to talk to as many people as i want to uh then again i mean i i also have a sort of uh a stage fright when it comes to meeting new people occasionally, even though it might not sound like that. But yeah, it's yeah. easy to to be talkative behind the radio. <laughs> Same, me too. Actually, I'm I'm honest. Like it's always everybody's. Like I think it's human yeah. nature to always be a little bit afraid, and it's a little bit intimidating. I always find revision a little bit intimidating, mm-hmm. and still, and people think, oh, but you're okay. You're always on stage. Well, also, I used to be drunk, <laughs> which takes away <laughs> that. But also, it's that's a different thing, and. It is. So, yeah, I totally get that fear. And I think I really hope for, for the future of the demo scene that we can get the social aspect to be always there and be maybe less intimidating or we see new people come in that find it for that reason of like, I, I see what you guys are doing, that niche. And maybe we are a bit of a novelty. Maybe we are. Maybe that's okay. One thing that I was just thinking about now that that actually can be good with coming from a, a complete outside point of view is the fact that, I mean, I've, I've met so many people the last bunch of years and so many people that I've idolized in one sense and looked up for, I mean, it's it's amazing to, to get to call a bunch of these people's, my, my people, my friends. And uh, even though if you back in the 80s or 90s said that, Oh, well, yeah, you'll be on a first-name friendly basis with Rob Harbord and Chris Yulspeck, for instance, even though they're not demo scene, but, but still highly con- in touch with things. Or um, any of the uh, cool kids in the demos is like, no, that will never happen. And coming into uh, a sort of a, a group like this with without knowing who people are is a lot easier at some point than knowing that, oh, that group mm. over there, yeah, we have like... Uh, smash standing there next to I mean everyone's like 
it's like, ugh. Let's go out so famous next to Fiber 2 yeah. or Farbrush and Chaos. Exactly. And, oh, look, there's Navis. And oh, yeah. my God, <laughs> it's, 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 it's Gargai and Boise from, from Conspiracy. And yeah. oh, shit, I looked to the left and who's there? But Siphoid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, but uh, no, I guess I guess and I guess because even then people don't advertise themselves because I think I don't think that's really because I think it's true what you're saying and I don't think it's really true I think it's still the same but also it isn't and I think yeah. and I don't have put my finger on it either yeah. but I know what you're saying and I think it's kind of like a, people that we just called out really don't want to be famous mm. all of them I don't want that name and actually might might tell you that they rather didn't have it yeah. Because uh, then they could do shit without like immediately being called out for it, and I find that also kind of that was also back in the day where you kind of give bigger groups shit because they were bigger groups because we're all kind of jealous, right? Because we're all shitty teenagers <laughs> in groups called the Perfects. <laughs> I mean, I was in the group called Majestic Axel. I mean, we were all the same back in the day, <laughs> and I think maybe that is also. In the end, not what it's about, and it was it's about making cool shit with your friends and then getting recognition for it in a way that your friends are like, that was awesome, mm-hmm. and not like, oh, you're a superstar now, and that is, yeah, I don't know, it's it, the intimidate, yeah, it's it's really interesting because I don't know it either, and I don't know how to feel about that. I once got like, I got a pancake at revision, and somebody I was standing in line, and people turned out, oh, there's a celebrity in the line, and I felt like, no, goddamn, I'm just a guy on stage. Mm. I can't deal, and it sounds really like, oh, I'm so, so humble. But no, I really don't want mm. that. I can't deal with that. And that's the weird thing. I think a lot of people got to that point in the demo scene because they make cool shit, and then they're like, oh, God, now people know me. Yeah. And that actually is a little bit terrifying. Yeah, it also puts a sort of a, an unnecessary burden on yourself in case you can't exactly. handle it. Because I have a problem getting new music done, uh, as I've mentioned many times before now, because I'm I'm so harsh on myself and, and want to do something better than I did before. Because I kind of feel like people have expectations on what I'm doing, even though it's not the case. That's just sort of a... Uh, it's just a weird, annoying thing that happens. But, but I do encourage everyone who um, listens to this and... Um, well, will want to participate at a party, go to a party, participate, because just having your stuff played, be it a, a photo or a demo or music or graphics on a big screen amongst a bunch of people, just that feeling, no matter if people like it or not, is just amazing. Because, I mean, the last time I actually released something at uh, Revision, it was like 2015, I think, <laughs> uh, on a racer demo. It was like amazing to just sit in the middle of the, of the crowd in the front of the stage, like, wow, this is cool. I, I actually made this at the party, though. But that's another story. But it's... Uh, it also doesn't matter. No, but that feeling. Feel proud, yeah. Yeah, that end, feeling. Just feel go proud. Yeah. And, and revision might be especially for music because we have a lot of music entries at revision. Mm. So you might not get played. So also go to smaller parties and yeah. participate. Like it's... I didn't participate at revision for a long time because I always felt like my music is not good enough to get pre-selection because there was so much good music participating there. And then they brought the tracker music compo back. Mm. And that was like, oh, that's my forte. Like, that's what I can do. And I don't have to like struggle with all these fantastic producers because that's what I'm not. So it can be intimidating even for people that have been in the demo scene for a long time. And again, this is not humble bragging or anything. This is literally how we still feel. Like how we, I got in the demo scene as a pretty shy 14 year old kid, uh, making stuff on a computer. And then for me, it was kind of liberating meeting my heroes. And it turned out to be just as dorky as I was. <laughs> and that was all kind of like made it connect. And I think that's still who we all are. We all are these bunch of dorky kids that just want to hang out and have fun and make shit. So even if it, if people are like, um, mm. oh yeah, you're, yeah, it's, don't, I kind of want to say don't worry about it, but we do absolutely understand, I do at least, that it can be really hard. Yeah. But yeah, I think we all three are still kind of dorky kids apart. <laughs> yep. Axel, did you make any music recently? Uh, I'm working on some, actually, yeah. yeah. Very good. So, Very good. Okay. So yeah, that's it. So, and I'm still trying with the drum coming out soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, just, just make stuff. And indeed, like, it's, it's in the end, for me at least, it was always about participating with friends and making a thing. And I hope that we still make demos, that the relevance of the demo scene will still be making productions, make demos, make intros, make any kind of production next to the live aspects and then always the social aspects. So I think, yeah, that is our relevance 
wrapped up and we don't think we got a concise answer but i think we've got some interesting thoughts yeah and it's it's a tough subject uh, but uh well i think we got had some yeah. good discussion going on let's see how relevant our discussion is going to be <laughs> <laughs> so if this this discussion about relevance has inspired you or you have questions for us please don't hesitate to email us at dineradioshow at scene.org with your questions for a question and answer with anything that came up about this yeah, and prepare for the birthday parties here for both Axel and me. Congratulations, you guys. This show was hosted by Aki, Axel, and Sifoid. That was produced, mixed, and edited by Gloom and Gargai. They're not planning to record this next episode in almost space, no matter how bad their midlife crisis is. Special thanks to C.org, CZAT, and Bitfellas. And as Aki said, send your questions and feedback to Sign Radio Show at C.org or contact us on our Sign Radio Show Discord. Uh, if you like the show, please share it with your friends and give us a positive rating as well. You can find the Sign Radio Show on CZAT as well as on Spotify, iTunes, or whatever you get your podcasts. With that, Sifoid signing out. Everybody. Bye, everyone. Oh, no.